want to be. Remember, the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. Father, and this week we have a special guest, Christian hip hop legend Jason Soto, aka Cookbook, yeah, from boy. the group LA Symphony, Woo. from the Felipe's Garage podcast with the legend yes, Mirrors. Yes, sir. And I heard another podcast you got going, man. It was fire, bro. You know, I, the name escapes me. I was listening to, I got like down a wormhole listening to the podcast, uh, man, about really your history. Though? Was it really, really though? though? Really yeah. though, bro. Like, I legitimately have been listening to that podcast, I think, probably like six or seven hours in the last few days, man. Oh, wow. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. We're kind Yo, of on a fire. sort of a hiatus right now, but we're going to drop episodes as we go along, you know? Yeah, man. Bro, you, you know, man, it's, it's crazy because, you know, I first discovered L.A. Symphony back in like 2002 or three, mm. and- you know, like I'm I'm not really like super religious, but I was dating this girl back in the day mm-hmm. and she had a party. So, you know, like her parents, you know, had the party going, whatever. So I'm yeah. thinking it's going to be a regular house party or whatever. And I didn't realize that they were born again Christians. Oh, so, you know, it, like in Jersey, you know, like they got the um the house music, club music back at the parties and stuff like that. So like the percolator came on. Uh-huh. So when the beat for the percolator came, I'm thinking it's you know gonna be the percolator, and then all of a sudden it was like Jesus, 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 Jesus. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like yo, I'm like yo, what's going on right now? Here? Oh, man. But the first time I ever heard one of y'all songs was at that party because they had a Christian DJ and it was all Christian music, yeah. and that's the first time that I knew that like Christian hip hop could actually be dope. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because I had only been like exposed to it. Through like you know, and Kurt Franklin's not really Christian hip hop. Right. He's like he's like gospel ditty, right. but yeah. <laughs> <Gospel> ditty. <laughs> but nah, man, yo, like y'all y'all stuff, man, and your stuff, like everything, even up to now, it I forget that you're trying to glorify the Lord in your music. Mm-hmm. I almost forget. I know that's a bad thing, but I forget. Like I'm hearing the bars, I'm hearing the the yeah. hooks, the rhymes. Like y'all are MCs, man. Like how how like, how did you get into hip-hop, man? Because I was listening to your podcast, and yeah. I see the way you came up. And, like, how did you get into hip-hop with well, your upbringing? I mean, it, it is it is what – hold on a second. My son just decides to walk in right when we started. Go out, buddy. You have to go out. I'm sorry, man. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's all good, you. man. I got kids, too, listen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here, little. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, hip-hop was just what – was my music like i grew up i grew up around music like my my dad played music every party like every barbecue and every party we had we never had like a dj or a radio playing it was always my dad on the guitar his buddies over with like bass and like Mm -hmm. percussion and stuff and they would sing oldies salsa motown you know and and i grew up doing that too so i grew up singing with them and all that but our music was hip hop. You know, we grew yeah. up in the hip hop generation. So it was only natural when I, when it was time for me, cause I grew up playing the piano too. That's another thing. My dad gave me piano lessons, my parents, you know, um, but when it was time for me to do my music or what I wanted to do, um, it, it was natural for me to do hip hop. Cause that's all we listened to every, I mean, for as long as I've been alive, I've been listening to hip hop, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, 
and so yeah at back then i felt like you know i was being called to do rap music you know i have a different viewpoint on all of that now but um but yeah that's that's initially how i got started i did feel like i wanted to do something for god and um like i said hip-hop was my music so that was natural yeah i mean because you know i was listening to to the really dope podcast and um like i like it was crazy how like your upbringing man is so unique and it was like i said i can't wait till i interview this man because mm. like bro i've never heard anyone in this day and time that went to the kind of school that Bruh. you went to bro <laughs> like that's incredible Bruh. like some little house yeah. on the prairie kind of st stuff Bruh. man <laughs> it, it, it wasn't my choice man and uh I, you know it, it i mean it's cool now because it's way behind me but back then yeah i was trying everything to get out and go to the school where my friends were and all that like 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 i said on that podcast i would leave that school and when the uniform would come off all of that would come off and i would hit the streets and do it be with my homies and sh and i'd want to um you know i'd want to go to school with them too and i kept trying to find ways to get out of that school where my parents were not I would have too man but, uh, <laughs> we, you know we did music and my dad was always into music and so the the high school by my house it was like two blocks away all my friends went there and they had a music academy right so i was like this is my exit there's no way they're gonna say no to music yeah. and they was like nope what? <laughs> i was like bro dad you know music music academy he was like nope you staying in this school and I was like, dang man bro i would have like this is the thing man like i could see because you know just looking at your background for like my listeners don't know this man is like a like a counterculture renaissance man his brother <laughs> is an export expert skateboarder i mean darn near professional skateboarder you What's know what i mean yeah, yeah, this yeah. man is, is 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 a master mc that you know is. what i mean this man is an artist <laughs> <laughs> like this man is a producer he plays and like you know so this per this man is an extrovert and it's like, how do you be an individual and an extrovert in a situation where your your senior class you said only had like three guys in it? Two, me and my homie. We're the <laughs> only ones who graduated. So, but see, that's why I was so outward focused. Like I hated my school. So all of my friends outside of school, I, I was trying my best to hang out with them. I would go to all of their dances and all the football games and just try to live vicariously through their high school experience. You know what I mean? Yeah, because so, I was always out there. So I think I went extra because of that, because I mean, I had good friends at that little tiny little house on the prairie school. But, you know, that's not what I wanted. So I would go extra hard out there. And and in high school, we would go to parties and stuff, too. And it was the opposite for me. I was like trying to not do the Christian thing, you know, so I, I was yeah. trying to go to any party I could go to and hang out with my friends and, and be normal, feel like I'm normal. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just it's. The, the crazy thing is, man, getting into your story a little bit is the fact that your parents were like super religious, mm. but they were normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 it was it, ill. Yeah. It's like, it's they would be like you going to Christian school no matter what. And we are going to Vegas. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, <wait a> <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> like, why I got to get to you like, yo, Pop, you going to Sin City right now? Be like, really? No? <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. And they're like, yes, we are. 
do as I say, not as I do, right? Man, I'm saying, bro. But yeah, I mean, they were cool. You know, they, they, it, you know, I remember a lot of times where like we wouldn't even be going to church on Sundays. I'd still be in that school though. They never let me out that school, but like, like we ain't been to church in months, but I'm still over here every Monday through Friday, you know? So. But, but, but you know what? That's probably why you, you still like, you don't like my mother, my mother, my grandfather was a Baptist Bishop, mm -hmm. Southern Baptist, my mother from North Carolina, you know what I'm saying? So you know how it is down South and the, the, no doubt. You know, the Baptist church is like hardcore. And my mm -hmm. mother, you know, her, her parents being the, 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 the reverend and the first lady of the church, they like, she went to church every day of the week. Mm -hmm. So when I came up, my, we didn't really go to church hardly ever because yeah. my mother was so burnt out on it. No my doubt. father was Muslim. So <laughs> yeah, it was not in the cards for you. Yeah. I mean, I mean we celebrated Christmas and everything. And yeah. when my pops was about to pass away, he started going to church again, which was crazy. But it, it's just, we weren't, I, I wasn't really raised in a church like that. We would go sporadically, mm -hmm. but with you, it was the opposite. Like, yeah, well, it was mainly the school, right? You know, the, the church thing, like we went, but I, it was more casual. I think what was really important was, you know, my parents grew up very poor in, in, you know, rough conditions and stuff. And so they worked really hard just to get to lower middle. Yeah. And so they literally spent, you know, whatever money they could to put me in that private school because they just wanted better for me. You know, they wanted, you know, just as we do for our kids, you know, we every every generation wants better for the next generation coming yeah. behind them. So I think that was really what it was. I mean, they wanted me to stay out of trouble and they de definitely wanted God in my life. But ultimately I think it was really about all of it, just the all encompassing idea of doing better for your kid than what you had. Yeah, man. I mean, like the neighborhood that you grew up in was, was it like more of a rough neighborhood? Was it? A yeah. So I grew up, I, it, it, it was strange. I was just telling somebody about this yesterday. I grew up in this part of LA where LA is weird, right? Like you can, you can imagine like, just like a main boulevard, like somewhere in Jersey, like what's a main boulevard. And imagine like on the, east side of that it's super hood gang infested or whatever and you could cross that street and you all of a sudden you're in like like wealthy area it's super weird and it'd be like patches like that so i lived on the side of a, a street called robertson boulevard that um if you crossed over you get into a place called um cheviot hills and it was like the rich area but on my side of robertson like those people wouldn't cross robertson because on my side it was rough and i grew up next to a park a lot of gang activity. I went, you know, skateboarding, not God, skateboarding is what saved me from being in gangs because all my friends, my best friend was um, in, in a gang. I was around all these gang members and like literally I started skating and it just, that's what kind of deviated my path from that. You know, even though we were going yeah. to Christian school and all that, it was like, like I said, I would leave the school, mm. take the uniform off and try my best to take all of that stuff off and just hit the streets, you know. It's almost like being a superhero, like you peeling yeah. off the the false, you know, yeah. the false persona yeah. and being yeah. the real you when you got out of school. Exactly. And then at one point later, though, when I was like about to graduate, um, a new youth pastor came and then I did get um, serious about the God aspect of my life and my school and stuff for a number of years. And, you know, went through all, everything I went through at LA Symphony. And now we're out on the other side of that. So, Yo, it's crazy, man, because, you know, you know, not to keep going back, cause you're not like, man. I'm like a like a like a fan, man. Because like, I'm 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 in here. I'm listening, and 
you know, I heard about the the, the youth pastor that came to your school and, and kind of made a big influence. The, the brother from Detroit came and, right. and made it made a huge influence on you. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about him laying hands on you. And yeah. I've always been curious about this, bro, because mm-hmm. like when I the the like I my father, when my father got sick, my father was about to die. He started going to church all the time. Mm-hmm. So my father was raised Christian, of course, you know, all black mm-hmm. people, you know, with Southern parents and stuff. No doubt. Then he became, you know, Muslim. And then at the end of his life, he started going to church all the time for the, the last two or three years of his life. Mm-hmm. And I remember when people would get saved and they would catch the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. It used to bug me out because it would always be like the biggest woman in the church, man. I'll yeah. never forget. We were we up in the front row, my brother and I, and the pastor, she's a female pastor too. She laid hands on a lady. And the lady was like a, a guard for the Raiders, man. She was huge, man. She was like at least, she tipped the scales at at least 305, bro. Ooh-wee. And she hit and the ground, boom. Bro, she did a pirouette like a figure skater. Blam, falls right in our lap. And I'm like, okay, like, do I throw her off of me? Like, what do I do? <laughs> do I throw her to floor? Yeah, just go with it, bro. And, and that's what I did. But I always wanted, I'm like, man, like, what what's going on? Like, this can't be real. Like, is it real? I've never spoke to anyone who caught the Holy Ghost before. Like, is it real? All right. It, okay. This is what I genuinely believe about it. And I may hurt a lot of people's feelings, but I have to tell the truth. I think back then I felt it, I was having a genuine, real um, spiritual experience. I, I really felt like, and I think you might've heard me describe it. Um, when The first time he laid hands on me, I gen- it felt like I could feel my blood flowing through my veins. Like, that's what it felt like to me. That's the best way I could describe it, like just this energy or whatever. I I now feel a little different. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's real. I think, I think we as humans have the ability to get um, our emotions and our mind can do a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you can go to, like, people go to, like, their favorite rock concerts or, like, bands they're in love with or whatever and they'll cry and they'll pass out and they'll get they'll have the same responses and reactions so i think us as humans we respond to certain stimuli in a certain way like me as an mc i can hype the crowd up and they're going to act a certain way and it goes across the board but it wasn't like like i did magic to them you know what i mean i might have sparked an emotion that just it's like catching a fire i mean just it just lights up and I think you get a room full of people all focused on the same thing. And then, so in that respect, yeah, it's real. Because if everybody's focused on the same thing, we're all like, we about to catch something in here. I believe that there, you can create energy, but I believe it stems a lot from us and our emotions. That's what I believe. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I do, I, I tend to believe that too. You know, I believe that, you know, you know, energy cannot be created or destroyed. It just yeah. only changes state. It transmutes, yeah. right? So yeah, exactly. You know, I believe that our minds are way more powerful than we like to believe. You know, they say, what are you only use 7% of the human brain? Right. So I yeah. think a lot of times when, when you seek a uh, like a, a design reaction sometimes from certain things, certain stimuli, it makes you tap into a part of your body that you didn't even know was there. No doubt. And I and that's very true for a lot of stuff. Adrenaline, uh, adrenaline can make us stronger or run faster if we are in danger situations or you know our body our stuff is ill bro we don't understand none of what's going on up here in a lot of ways like even with all the science and all the doctors and all we understand a lot but we there is something that we don't understand 
whatever that thing is, I, I don't know uh, necessarily if it's even God. I think it genuinely, like I said, stems from us. And, and back then I was young, I was hype, you know, yeah. yeah, you know, it was just something and, and, and being sort of an extrovert, extrovert too, I was getting so much positive feedback for like the more steps I took towards that and start praying myself and laying hands myself, the more they praised me and propped me up and look at this young man on fire, you know? And so it just snowballs, you know, real yeah. quick. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same. It's, it's You can kind of, you know, go towards negativity in that way where, you know, you're looking for we're all looking for acceptance. You know what I mean? We're all looking for somebody to hype us up. It all depends on what you gravitate towards. You can gravitate exactly. towards like the streets and have people hype you up there. Or you can gravitate towards, you know, a religion. I just, you know, it's just it's just with you and your story is crazy because it seems like you are still a spiritual man. It seems like you still definitely believe that there is a God that, you know, you believe in Christianity, but it, it's, it's a sense of, of realism yeah. that, that I'm hearing from your message. No doubt. If, if I'm honest, if I'm truly, truly honest, I, I, I've gotten to a place where I have some real, real questions that I don't feel are getting answered. Yeah. And I don't know that they can get answered. And it doesn't allow me to fully say like, oh, God is real. Christianity is real. And so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say to anyone, I'm a Christian because I, I don't, I don't think I feel that way anymore. And that's just being honest from me to you. I can't, as you're saying yeah. that, I can't lie about it. This is how I feel. And if you listen to really though, I think I talk a lot about that. Um, as you go along in the episodes, I bring it up. And, um, and so I think that it, I'm, I, I've, I took about at least 10 years before I could even say what I just said to you. Yeah. And I was listening to people, which I was looking at science. I was reading books. And I never had a book satisfied that allowed me to say, I'm a real Christian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, totally, man. I mean, the the way I've I've kind of felt about it throughout my life is I know that there is a God, and I know that you know there's something greater than me, there's something that created us all. But I just I to me I can't look at God like he's this hard ass boss, and if you follow the wrong religion and you don't do exactly what he says, that you're 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 gonna be damned to hell. Those are. I have to live in the form that I came from is it's kind of line drawn like and it's oh we know hey hey um Jason man real quick man I think your your um your your connection is a little off bro you frozen on my screen let me let me let me pull let me pull you out and I'm gonna bring you back in You have a little technical difficulties here. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I don't know if was the sound still coming through. Nah, you you sound like a transformer. 
<laughs> you sound like Soundwave. Uh, <laughs> nah, it's all good, man. I well, try to edit it out. Uh, my bad, bro. I'm sorry. I, I've been having weird. In- of course, I have two podcasts, yours and something else earlier. And of course, on the day that I have that, all of a sudden, the internet's going to act funny. It's the universe, man. They don't That's want this realness to get out there, it, bro. It's all good. <laughs> it's uh, all good, man. I, what was the last thing I was saying? Do you remember well, you, what you, I was saying? Yeah, you, you were talking about, you know, you know, where you're at with, you know, how you feel about the Lord. So I, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not big on religion for the reason that you said that, you know, we assume um, each each religion assumes that it's the right one and that it has the capital T truth. And it's difficult. It became difficult for me in my own religion to say that I was so sure the way we, everybody was acting like, well, we know the truth. We know where we're going after we die because we serve the one and only true and living God. And, those other people do this or that, you know, and the more I searched and the more I, I, I just, that just didn't sit right with me. I just couldn't accept that. And then it just kept leading down these rabbit trails of questions that I had that, that religion or the God or God never really, I never got a satisfying answer from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel you. Man. I mean, for me, it's like when you put the humanity in Christianity, that's when you get a little confused mm-hmm. because, you know, human beings, we have egos, we have flaws. No doubt. So so how can the answers that we get be perfect when we're getting them from human beings? Exactly. So yeah. that, that's how I've always felt. No doubt. Yeah, it's I mean, that's a, that's like six podcasts worth. We could go on this. Subject. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, man. We got to get out of that rabbit hole, man, and get back to it. Right? Can, but, you know, just know that, you know, at least 15 years ago now, I, I just started not being able to fully vibe with the church and that just led me down a path where i i wouldn't consider myself a christian i you know and i have a lot of questions about if god even exists so i guess so, I'll just leave it at that. so let me ask you a question you know you were kind of categorized and your career has been built off of being a christian hip-hop artist yeah so I now just torched that and just started over yeah because i heard your joint with, with murs and, and that's a hip-hop album yeah you know what i mean it's just straight hip-hop i didn't yeah. really hear a lot of um you know, Christian influences and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, and yo, to be honest with you, bro, like even the, the Christian the Christian music from LA Symphony and all the things mm-hmm. you did on your own, it was dope anyway. Like right. you know what I'm saying? It, it stands up on its own. Well, one of our one of our goals as LA Symphony was never to be Christian rappers, quote unquote. You know what I mean? It the fact that we are Christians is what drew us together. And we always said we're gonna make dope hip hop and we're gonna make the best hip hop we can make. And whatever comes out of us, we're going to keep it real. So whatever that is, good, bad, and indifferent, or if it's something about God or something about girls or something about just partying, we're going to allow that to come out of us, right? Because hip-hop is all about being real, and we, we're we not going to try to be anything. Yeah. Like, we might have been Christians, so that might have been how we met, but we were much more than that. We are MCs. We are producers. We like to freestyle. We like having barbecues. We like talking to girls. Like, we, we were all of those things, just like everybody is. We're all humans, you know? So yeah. that was always our goal, you know? And we we sort of, through certain circumstances, got really super lumped into the church and doing church shows and definitely got the label of Christian hip-hop. But we it was like a little thing we would, a lot of people would say at that time, like, some people are Christian rappers and some people are uh, rappers who happen to be Christian kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so we would we would fall more in that latter category. Like we just we would do clubs. We started like with club shows and regular hip hop shows. And then 
you know, through a series of events and the label we ended up on, we kind of got thrown into that Christian label. Because because it was weird to me, man, that like I saw that some of the producers that you worked with yeah. in the beginning of your career, bro, like you you got legends that worked on that. Prince Paul is a legend, bro. Uh, Will uh, I am is a legend, bro. Like yeah. you don't normally see that crossover kind of you know production that yeah. comes in and works with a with a Christian outfit. So right. So that lets you know the level of, of rhymes. Yeah, we well that was always our goal, right? We 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 weren't we weren't trying to be Kirk Franklin or, or nothing like that. We were trying to, you know, roll out with Wu-Tang and Nas and, you know, uh, the West Coast greats too. Like we were just trying to be dope MCs and we had to let who we are reflect. Just like if you're, if you're like, if you're a dude that's, if you're like De La Soul and you yeah. start rapping gangster raps, fools are going to be like, that's not really you, right? Yeah. So De La's going to be De La. If you're a gangster and you start rapping, you're probably gonna do gangster rap because yeah. that's who you are. So we just said, let's just be who we are, and and nothing's off the table, and we just did that. But we we never were like putting Jesus in our rhymes or Matthew twenty nine seventeen says. You know, we yeah. that wasn't us ever. We got criticized, we got lambasted by the Christian market for that. They felt we were never Christian enough, bro. Like your impression of us, it, it's funny because your impression of us is the average like person's impression of us but then the average christian's impression of us back then would always be like oh these dudes are like the bad boys of christian rap they don't they don't yes yeah. they don't preach in their rhymes they don't do this and you know they talk about girls so that you know it's like we're just being who we are and we just kind of kept pushing through and i think honestly we broke we broke down a lot of walls for a lot of people who came behind us because yeah i definitely did that's why i call y'all legends man yeah because now a lot of it's normal to just be like i'm gonna do a song about you know just going outside or whatever whatever you rapping about or you can you can make like a positive song and the church will accept it more now even without the christian lyrics although i will say this after i left the christian scene and all that there there definitely has been a big wave of like very like uh scriptural kind of raps that have come that you know i'm not into the scene no more but that's you know that's cool too i'm down for whatever like whatever people want to do and whatever they want to be you know let, yeah. them, let them do their thing see you know I, I love that that energy man it's not like real judgmental it'd have been dope if uh yeah i was still on the scene that y'all had the uh the christian breaker come up on stage Which <laughs> you ever see the guy the, the dude jesus, jesus christ, christ. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That, I mean, I see him, man. I, I think he really feels that way. Oh, man. yeah. No, he definitely feels that way. Feel, bro. <laughs> Christ. I don't even know how to spell that. Christ. <laughs> the Cholo oh, break dancer, man. Bruh. That's some West Coast stuff right there, bro. Yeah, man. But, My but man. You know what was crazy, man? Um, I wanted to get into, you know, your parents a little bit yeah. more. Sure. Like what, like when you came to them and you started rhyming, like they were really supportive because. Yeah. So, um, like I said, my, my, I think my, my mom was just down. Cause she, you know, she's like, what does my son want to do? All right. Um, they were there. There was not just 100% out the gate support because, um, I started, you know, doing it and, uh, when it was just sort of hobbyish or whatever to them, it was fine, whatever, whatever, just go to college and we're cool, right? Then there came a point where LA Symphony started popping off and I was like, well, I'm gonna leave college. Like, I'm going to college for music and the music is right here. I got, uh, there's a record deal on the, on the table. 
You know, this is like around 2000, or, you know what I mean? And like the record deals on the table right here. I'm a quick college. And that, that was a, a, a big moment for my parents where they really had to say, do we believe in our son and what he wants to do? Or are we going to, you know, and, and my dad bucked at it a little bit. But the thing is, my dad wanted to be a musician. Like he could play, the, like he was a type that like you could hand him any instrument. I don't care what it was. And in 20 minutes, he'll know how to play it. Wow. Like he just had that. I mean, it might not be like Mozart or none, but like he could be playing some chords or playing some notes out of it, whatever instrument it was. And I know he always had like a dream to be a musician. So eventually it was easy for him to swallow it because he thought about himself and he was like, yo, my son's going for his man. And that's what I wished I would have done. And he had, you know, he had, his is a long story. He had kids young or whatever. Like I was born really late in my parents' life and they already lived like three lifetimes before I even came <laughs> around, bro. So, right, it's like, that could be my grandparents, you know? <laughs> so I think, you know, at one, at some point, eventually they were all in. And that's when it was like Felipe's garage wide open, come through all the MCs are coming to my house and all that. And we just freestyle. That's tough, man. Yeah, yeah, they see, you know what? That feeling is gone from the game now, man. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even, like, I don't want to sound like an old hater, but the hip hop you and I grew, I think we're around the same age. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And the hip hop we grew up on, like, we remember when there was no hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember, I go that far back, and I, I I spoke about this on other podcasts. Like I remember when in New York, when like hip hop was only on, they had a rap attack on, and it was only on for an hour. And I remember when like MTV didn't have any rap records on until Run DMC. And I remember, you know, Video Music Boss with Ralph McDaniel and yeah. all of that. Like way back on on you know like on UHF TV, we had to go on the other side of the dial and try to oh, tune shit. it in and all of that. Yeah, nah, yeah. word up. I remember that, bro. And it's like to where it is now, there's no, it's just, I, I don't know. Like, and I understand that, you know, me being the age that I am and having children, you know, I have a teenager and stuff. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to like the same music as my teenage daughter. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that would be crazy. I mean, we might like some of the things, but for the most part, when we were coming up, yeah, we knew what was good from the past. But our mm -hmm. parents wasn't going to crack open mob deep shook ones and listen to that. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like you that, right about that. Yeah, they wasn't cracking that open. That was yeah, on us. Yeah. You know, we, yeah, we, yeah. they weren't going to listen to Into the Wu-Tang. They wasn't going to yeah. listen to, to, to Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style, or The Chronic, or none of that. Yeah. But but I'm just saying, so now when I hear, you know, and I might be dating myself, because a lot of these cats, I can't really listen to this stuff, man. Like, I, no, I I've gotten to the point where it was at one point where I knew every rapper whether I did like them or not. Mm. And it got to a point where like a couple of years ago, like I just, just it just happens like this when you get out of touch. Mm. You know what I mean? I like the last era, like I remember vividly is like when Atlanta kind of took hip hop over when Jeezy mm. and all of them came in the game and Gucci and all of them. And now like you got these kids, I know who they are, like NBA young boy and all these cats. Yeah, but yeah. to me, that is not hip hop to me. And mm. I don't really know what to call it. I think they should call it something else, but what they're doing, they're not rhyming. It's like they're chanting, yeah. and 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 the beats are kind of overshining the MC. It's it's crazy, man. Yeah, my my, you sound like my man E Green, my podcast host from my co-host from Felipe's Garage. He he's been rallying for another category. Like just call it something else. I don't care. It's cool. Just call it something else. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think to me, I see it a. I think because I'm an artist, like it's a little bit easier for me to stay. Uh, tapped into the newer stuff, although I do feel what you're saying a lot more as time goes on. 
but I, you know, I agree. It's 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 a weird thing to call it like straight up hip hop because I don't think it is, but I also feel like everything grows. You know what I mean? Because hip hop at first was like African bambata shit. You know, and like that's yeah. not that's that wasn't my hip hop. I, I fully respect it. I fully know about it. But my hip hop came more like Big Daddy Kane, De La Soul, Tribe Called yeah, Quest, like same. you know, like '90s stuff. And but I knew about all that stuff. But the music grew, you know what I mean. And yeah. and music is gonna grow, and and it that's just what it does. It, it's kind of hard. It's like if you take a if you take water, and it's flowing in a stream, it's gonna stay alive. But if you take that water and you put it in a bucket, it's gonna die. It's gonna stagnate. You know mosquitoes are going to plant eggs it's just going to be nasty water and that's how anything in life is including music if, if it's not flowing it's going to die so hip-hop literally has to do what it's doing otherwise the stuff we love to will die you understand See, what I'm saying? i will submit to you that hip-hop is in is is in a bucket in the backyard mm. <laughs> with algae sitting on it Mm. And, and and mosquito larvae in it right now. You you might you might be so. I, I mean I understand what you're saying, but what I think is it is um there's there is two different worlds, and that's why we probably need to call the other stuff pop rap or something. Trap because music. Tra tra call it trap, trap music. That's cool with me. But they might not even consider themselves trap anymore. Who knows? Like these kids, especially these young kids that are blowing up when they're like fifteen or sixteen years old, I don't even know where their minds are. It's just like Lil Yachty. Like, what did he? What did, he's not even. I haven't heard a metaphor, a simile, <laughs> no figurative language. Right. It's just they're just kind of chanting. It's it's weird. Well, that's true. But what I'm saying is like, okay, because it's grown and Yachty and all these people are doing what they do. If you think about it, even when we were kids, there was always a pop rap level that we hated too. Yeah, yeah. Fools did not like Hammer or Vanilla Ice or um, even like artists we did like when they got too popular. A lot of times, fools would be like, ah, nah. Like that L. Selling out. Yeah, maybe like LL. Like, ah, he's selling out. That fool, blah, 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 blah. So there's always been that like duality, right? Yeah. Once somebody figured out you can make money off hip hop, that duality happened pretty quick. You yeah. know what I mean? You could have Mob Deep shook ones, and then at the same time, you got whoop, there it is on the radio. And they're, it's like totally different worlds, but they're both rapping. So I think if that doesn't continue, it's only natural that it's going to grow. And it's only natural for us to start to disconnect from that and be like, I, 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 really, I don't really mess with that. But the beauty is, is that there is still plenty of like, quote unquote, traditional hip hop that's being made by classic artists and new artists alike that come out. It's just, it's never going to be, and it never has been something that's on the radio or on the top 40 or, or, you know, on the video charts or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. See, the, pro the problem that, that I think we're, we're having now is that there's no juxtaposition to all of the, um, the commercially commercial driven stuff. Cause you've yeah. always had like levels. I, I remember, um, Modi wrote this book called there is a God on a mic. Right. Mm. And in the book, he kind of put, in eras, he had like the superstar, and then he had the list of the best MCs and stuff like mm -hmm. that. He kind of broke it down real thoughtful, like from his era, you know what I mean? He he had himself ranked number one, which is no, he had Melly Mel ranked number one, and he had himself ranked number two. All so it's crazy, you know. <laughs> but you know, then like he'll he'll go to the next era, like LL was the superstar of that era. Then you had Rakim and Kane and 
you know, and G rap the whole class 87. And right. you know, he broke it down. Then, you know, he went so on and so forth, right? So I get that. The problem now is is that there is no space for like like your album, right? Right. D- there was a time where the DJs curated the culture. So they were the ones who said, listen, this is the next thing. This is what's cool. The the people that were in the game, the artists and, and the former artists, they would bring somebody to a record executive be like, yo, this is the next guy. The same way like when Nas came into hip hop, you know, he was with third bass yeah. and everything and Large Professor grabbed him. Like I remember on Video Music Box when Nas came out, they did a documentary on the making of Illmatic before he even came out just because of his verse on Live at the Barbecue because he was so ill. Yeah. And it was like, yo, they had Q-Tip on it and Ralph McDaniel was interviewing Large Professor and Pete Rock and everybody mm-hmm. and everybody just kind of rallied around this guy and co-signed him. Or like when Kendrick Lamar came out, I remember Kendrick Lamar performing and all the West Coast legends coming on the stage and saying he's the new king of the West. Yeah, yep. You remember that? Snoop yep. and all of them came out. And- of course, yeah. It's not like that anymore. It's like an executive that has no connection to the culture is telling us, you know what? You guys don't like people who rhyme. You want to see Takashi Six Nine? Oh, <laughs> yo, it is funny, yo. That video, bro. You had me crying in that oh, video. Yeah. Fine wine, bro. I was dying, dude, man. <laughs> that was one of the funnest videos. And of course, we shot the second verse first, and then I went. In, I said, "All right." I told nobody knew I was going to run out dressed as Takashi six nine. <laughs> and I said, when I come out the, this next verse, like, I want all y'all to diss me. And they're like, all right, cool. Like, I want you to like assault me. Like you could, you know, you could push me around, whatever. They're like, okay, but they had no idea. So I hear the director counting off. I'm in the back in the bathroom and I just rocketed out there. So everybody's like, like expressions and stuff. It was natural like oh my god like they that was natural bro and of course we did a few more takes after that but yeah bro they were just bro i literally like had like a twisted ankle because they were just pushing me around just like knocking me down and stuff like but i wanted i was like yo rough me up that was so fun yo man that to me that that's the closest to 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 what i want to happen to him and i'm glad you gave me that I'm glad you oh, gave me man. that, bro. I just watched I just watched his little documentary thing on Showtime. It's kind of ill, like the whole story. I mean, dude is, you know, he is what he is, man. And he's Puerto Rican too, so I gotta just take that. He he's Puerto is he? Re- I thought he's Mexican, bro. He's he's ha- he's my kids. He's half Puerto Rican, half Mexican. Like my that it's like, damn, that's my kids. Yo, nah, you got you got you gotta put that, you gotta put it on the other side of his yeah, family, yeah. bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> nah, but you you know what though, man. I I I I think he's he's a symptom. He's not the disease. Not yeah. at all. And you know what I'll, I'll say? And this is um, it's not a requirement for people to do music. But I, one thing that's been discussed that is missing is is like you said earlier, you were like, yo. We knew what our parents were listening to, but we were going to pop open the Shook One CD. We're about to listen to Mob Deep, Hell on Earth or whatever. But we knew what came before us. Nowadays, yeah. like these artists, they don't have time for nothing that came before. Like they they don't care. They disrespect it. And I think that's that's what causes a lot of the problem too. A lot of the older mm. heads are not even that old. Dudes in their 30s and stuff, like that they'll they'll be like, you know, it show just a little respect for where your music came from. 
And uh, the ones who do, you know, they, they're, there's a difference, you know, because there will be sort of a cosign, whether you like the music or not. And I think it shows up in their music too. Certain ones were like a Kendrick or like, you know, whatever, who yeah. actually has some knowledge of the past. But the one, the ones who don't, I mean, you imagine a 15 year old kid who's grown up with, with literally grown up his whole life with Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and it's all about this, you know, that, like you said, it's a t six, nine, it's a, a symptom of the era, right? Yeah. When we were growing up, this, I, this is what I told. So I, I blame like the iPod. Check this out. Check this out. Yeah. Once kid, once we got iPods, then we could put headphones in and listen to what we want to listen to. When I was a kid, when you were a kid, you get in your mama's car, you were not, you ain't changing your mom's radio station. Oh, oh hell no. Hell you listen no. to the Ohio players. Exactly. <laughs> you listen to Ohio. whatever they listened to. Exactly. In my dad's car, I used to beg him, can we change the station? Hell no. You're going to listen to what we listen to. So I grew up listening to oldies. I grew up listening to jazz. I grew up listening to soul. I grew up listening to the stuff my dad and mom listened to, period. Salsa, Latin jazz, all of that. Like, that's what we were going to listen to. So I literally was like indoctrinated in all types of music. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I come into doing music with a foundation and a respect for what came before me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 and I think yeah. that's the detriment to the music. It's a yeah. detriment. Yeah. I'm a firm believer and that I don't think, and this is maybe crazy for me to say, but I don't think in any genre, rock, pop music, uh, soul r&b i don't think there's ever going to be another decade that is better than the 70s i don't either i, I don't either because th that's the last real live analog era mm -hmm. so there's a certain amount of of, of work you got to put in to even make a record yeah there's a certain amount of artistry that you have to have a certain level of artistry you have to even make a clean record mm -hmm. you know how much how much cut in could they do with that tape like now mm -hmm. you, you you could be any bozo with a mm -hmm. with a Mac and garage bin and you can yeah. put any bullshit out and you can 100%. put it right up on SoundCloud and that's that's it. That's the end of it. And I've said this before. It, there there has to be we and I don't know if you can get the toothpaste back in the tube, but it has yeah. to be a way where we can curate the culture. Yeah. Because I don't know. it's just like how 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 do we get back there, man? How how well, do you think? I, I don't I don't know if we can. I think uh uh, you know, it's like young young people have the energy, older people have the wisdom, right? So truthfully, it's going to have to probably come from the older heads, like older than us and then trickle down. And and it's like, uh, you know, a, a lot of times they do reach and, yeah, F you old man, you know, whatever, blah. Yeah. But also that disrespect goes back to them, like, like older cats be like, that's that bullshit music. Look at this whack, you know, mumble rap or whatever y'all yeah. calling it. But then you sound like the old dude. They don't respect you. Then you're like, hey, check out this Nas. You're like, I don't want to listen to that Nas. Like, Nas? Yeah. Who's Nas? And like, you know what I mean? Like, it, so I think if you don't have to embrace their music and love it, but there's got to be a way to, to bridge the gap. And it's probably got to come from older to young versus it, young to old. It's more so of a respect level. You know yeah, what I'm it saying? Is, it's most of a respect level. Like, we had respect for the Marvin Gaye's of the world. Bro, what are you talking about? We, we loved them, actually. We had respect for the OJs. Mm -hmm. We had respect for Tito Puente. We had, we had respect 
for I mean everything that came before us. It, it wasn't like, and sometimes you might get into that kind of a vibe where you might rock out with it. You know what I mean? It's been times where, like, yo, when I was I start driving, I get in the mood, I put on Bootsy Collins. Hundred, one hundred. You know what I'm saying? And just rock out with it, and that's not my era. Yo, when I go when I go on long drives, if I'm by myself or even with the fam is in the car, bro, I don't I don't put on rap, bro. Like I put on like I'll go into Apple Music or whatever and find like like I said the '70s era or some Motown or whatever because like that that like okay say I got to go on a long drive I don't want to rap but yeah I want to I want to sing like I grew up singing with my pops these songs so I put that on bro and it just takes you somewhere bro there's just nothing like it there's nothing like it so yeah talk about respect I the vibrations man vibrations are missing yeah. it's it is and, and you know. You know, and I'm gonna kind of shift a little bit, but the yeah, yeah. the energy, like we said before, the energy that came out of that positive music, it shaped everybody's mind state. Mm -hmm. It shaped the kind of people that we were. It made us like back in the day when we were listening to even our positive hip hop. We came from an era where the music was positive, and then we had a lot of positive hip hop. You had mm -hmm. some guys who were talking about the ills in society. You had the NWAs and you had the G raps and stuff. But most rappers, their main aim was to either entertain you or teach you. True. Yeah. Yeah, that's real true, man. That's and and, and now, now that's gone. And and what happens is you don't get, you know, like when the LA uprisings, when the uprisings happened in LA, you had kids who had black pride. They had Hispanic pride. They had pride in their culture. So they weren't just gonna allow the the the, the establishment to just destroy them. They already was ready because they were taught, you know, you had kids that were going and, and seeking knowledge back then. Right. Mm -hmm. We, You know, like if, if you think about when, when we were growing up, what was one of the most like coveted articles of clothing you could have? That historically black university shirts or a Malcolm X hat. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Or you remember the African medallions and stuff like that. Yeah, the medallions, well, all of that yeah. stuff. Kente cloth. This yeah. is what we were rocking. We we ain't want no Gucci. I mean, you know, you had a dapper dance stuff in New York. Harlem of Harlem dudes are just gaudy as hell. Of that's course. just yeah, that's yeah, Harlem. Yeah. Harlem is yeah, yeah. that's how they always been, right? But for the most part, that's what we wanted to rock. We were positive, bro. And so when things were happening, when Yusef Hawkins happened in New York, when 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 Ronnie King got beat, the music responded to that. Mm -hmm. Now look at everything that's happening in the world right now. Yeah, not a peep. Well, I will say, like, I think Roddy Rich did a song that was, like, pretty conscious. But you're right. For the most part, it's like, let's keep partying. How, hopefully that stuff dies down so we can get back to the, you know, uh, buffoonery. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, pill popping, the, the feet. And look, that has its place, right? I'm not some stuff shirt. But I just believe as, 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 as a culture. Mm -hmm. If you don't respond in the correct manner, the things from the outside, the peripheral things from the outside of the game are going to eat it up. Well, that's definitely what's happening. I mean, it, it's uh, unfortunately it's it happens to every. Um, every every genre. genre, every, every genre. genre, like whatever. Once once it's like sharks that smell the blood in the water. Once there's a taste of money involved. It pretty quickly goes to 
how can we make the most money, the yeah. endorsements to this. So don't say nothing too edgy because then, you know, Sprite will drop you or, you know, Coca-Cola or, you know, whatever your sponsor is, you know, T-Mobile is going to drop you because you don't, if you say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or stand up for some, you know, and if you're going to stand up for some, you got to stand up for it in our way, the way yeah. that still feels nice to everybody, you know what yeah. I mean? And like, so that way, you know, you could keep your deal. You could still end up on Jimmy Kimmel or whatever, you know? So people are really thinking about that. Like they're thinking about their money. And in some ways I can understand that. Like you got a family, I got a family. It's like, we have to think about our money so we can't just wild out and start breaking yeah. bottles and just doing whatever we want um, because we have responsibilities. And even when you're young, I can still understand like, well, I don't want to mess my money up. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. But there is, there is, uh, there is a point too. Like for me, like if you listen to my last record, Jason Soda was here. I had, I think, at least two trap beats on that record. And I, I did, heard it. I did it on purpose. And in one of them, I start out saying, uh, you know, I picked, I can't remember exactly how I said it, but I, said, I picked this beat um, because, you know, I, I like, I wanted the old heads to know that they don't have to discount everything that, that's coming out now. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a rap very dope on this beat so I could show the young heads what they, what the potential they could be doing on these type of beats. Like you could still yeah. rap dope. You could still really try to do some stuff, hit spit some bars and do whatever. And you, and these beats are dope. I'm not mad at none of the new beats. Beats are beats. I mean, yeah. Now I think the production is overshining the rhymes. Now the production right. in hip hop is, is unbelievable now, you know, even though, you know, look, you know, me being from the East coast, I like to hit up the looped up soul and the DJ premier stuff, you know, the, the Jay Dilla stuff, Q-tip. Mm. Of course, you, you, I mean, you know, we're, we're cut from the same cloth. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. But I mean, it's, you know, I, I like a lot of stuff, though. I mean, like a lot of that ASAP mob and all them guys that are doing their thing. Like there's a, yeah. the thing is, this is what I say. There's there's like we're talking about energy. There's a certain energy for each type. Right. Yeah. And I've, I've disliked stuff and then been in a club and heard that same song come through them speakers and then watch the crowd react to it. And then all of a sudden, I feel it now. Yep. And I and then I say, oh, I get it now. Then I like it. But then I'm able to compartmentalize it too and say, I like it for this reason. Like, See, I'm not going you know what happens to me? I get mad at myself, bro. I feel like I'm like I like I like I'm on a diet and I ate something I wasn't supposed to eat. <laughs> I'm like, oh god damn it, what am I listening to here? <laughs> bro, you gotta fuck with all of it, bro. Cause I think, like I said, there's a reason for it, but so if you, I can't be mad at a Yachty or a whoever, you know what I mean? The baby and them like doing their thing yeah. because. Now the baby spits though. I mean, he the baby spit. does, but yeah, he's not even a good example. He's pretty tight, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like whoever you think is whack, it's like every era, there was a lot of underground or, or real rap stuff that I thought was whack too. There's a lot of people who yeah. were grown up. Does this shit is garbage, man? Nobody's fucking with this, you know. What yeah, I mean? like, it, it was a, it was a lot of it was a lot of stuff, man. Because you know, we from that era where like I don't know if y'all had it out in L.A. Because I know y you guys have so many radio stations out there. Yeah. It's like back in the day, it was different because like I think Bill Clinton passed a law to where you can buy multiple radio stations on the same frequency. The way it used to be was you couldn't have. Like if, if if you had a radio station in New York, I, it was, I, I'm kind of I could be wrong. Like I don't think that you could buy the same frequency in, out out in L.A. And he oh, kind of removed. Okay. So it was like radio around the country was very very nuanced and tailored. Right, you're right. Yeah. So it was like Hot ninety seven. 
That's why it was so big for Diddy to say, every day on your Hot 97, every day that's my word. Because you can hear it everywhere. When you play that big hit, everybody mm-hmm. knows. what. That's why Hot 97 was like kind of the mecca for a while, right? But yeah. then you have Power 99 in Philly or you know all the radio stations y'all have out in L.A. So, mm-hmm. you know, you had DJs and you had, you know, guys that were like germane to that scene. So mm-hmm. I remember traveling out that way when I was younger. I didn't hear any of the records except like the like the hit records like Biggie and stuff like that. Yeah, Diddy, yeah. Whatever. but I didn't hear any of the other records that I would hear in my hometown whenever I would leave. I used to love that. Though. I love that, too, man. Well, it's we, gone. We would go on tour like 2000, 2001. We hit Atlanta, turn the radio on like. Our station, our main stations was Power 106 and like 92.3, the beat and stuff like that. We we find the equivalent of that. And like you said, maybe you hear like, you know, more money, more problems or some big, whatever the big hit. But then, bro, like the stuff that was literal hits that dudes were getting rich off of. And it was just from Atlanta or just from Georgia or just yeah. from Florida or just from South Dakota or whatever. Like, And you're like, oh, man, these scenes that are bubbling. And these are like, these guys are all over their radio in their scene, you know, and then yep. those were the ones like the cream rise to the top and then hit, you know, nationwide. But I did love, we used to love that. Like find the station, let's see what they playing. Yeah. And now it's the same thing because like um, clear channel owns like every radio station. Yeah. I mean, so it's like, it's the same playlist. You can, you can, I, I, I actually drove from Jersey to Florida, right? Mm-hmm. My, my kids were little, whatever. I'm going to Disney World, so I, I drove. You know, I left in the middle of the night and just drove all the way down. Just do it. I did it a couple of years, and it started. And I was like, okay, that's enough, because you know they start getting bigger, and then they throwing stuff and all this nonsense. Yeah, yeah. So then you gotta get on the plane, right? <laughs> so I remember driving all the way from Jersey and switching the radio station to the power station in Philly, then the power station in in DC, uh-huh. and then the Breakfast Club is still on in the morning, mm. right? Then yeah, you get syndicated. Keep, yeah, yeah it, you just keep going. It's the same stuff. It's a different DJ, but it's the same music. It's the mm-hmm. same nonsense, man. And it's like, you know, you don't get a chance to go down like when I was younger and going down to North Carolina and hearing 8-Ball and MJG for the first time. Mm-hmm. Or going to, even though they're not from there, they're from Tennessee, they were playing in North Carolina a lot. Right. Or, or, or going down to Atlanta here and past Detroit for the first time. Yeah. You no, know what I'm saying? Still, yeah. I do or, know what like, you're saying. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, you would hear guys like P. Like, I remember we was, I, I think I was one of the first Jokers in Jersey that was playing P like that. I used to play Master P all the time, man. We ghetto D, ice cream man, and all of that. And like, riding around the projects in 1996. Yeah. <laughs> bumping Master P. Master P. Master you P. About about, you was about about it back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, my homie put me up on him, man. But you know what? I wanted to get into. Like I said previous, man, like the fact that you're like a renaissance man, bro, is is you're like an amazing dude, man. Like if I could ask you, man, what is your love? Like what like if you can only love one thing, was it the skateboarding, the 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 art or the music? Oh man. I, I mean I'd have to say music. I mean, that's what I dove into the most. I mean, to this day, like just to give you an example though, I mean it's it's a hard qu- this is why it's a hard question. That's what I'm gonna tell you right now. Um, to this day, I for follow more uh, skateboarding accounts on Instagram than any other type of account, like more than hip hop, more than whatever. So that's why it's a tough question, because that part of me is it really is in me. But like, I can't do it anymore. Like I I stopped yeah. doing it. I can't like, you know, I, I have a number of stories of, you know, I 
two broken legs. I got, you know, a plate in my leg. I was for real with it. I mean, I was yeah. really going for it, hitting rails and skate parks and, you know, just doing the thing. Um, so that that's a definite love. But obviously, like music is knowing my story, knowing my pops and like how how I came up under him and, and what music meant to my family life. I would definitely pick music, but skateboarding definitely was my shit, bro. Like that was, yeah. you know, we were just hood skaters, bro. Just a bunch of blacks and Latinos just skating, man. It, it was beautiful. It was it was hip hop and skating. They went hand in hand back then, especially on the West Coast. I got two guys I grew up with um, that were one of them became a professional skater. The other one, he he, uh, he took his life. They were bro twin brothers. Um, mm. uh, my man uh, Joe Quinn Cardona. Mm-hmm. And uh, his brother Mike, his brother Mike had killed himself or whatever. But Joe mm-hmm. Quinn is a professional skater, man, and and they were real with it too, man. And it's like a, it's 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 a, it's definitely man a culture that I never understood because I was more into organized sports. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, see, I was not, so that's why I gravitated. I didn't, I never cared about basketball or football, not really, none of that. I was like, and once yeah, I skateboard, it's it's normally know. like that, man. And it's yeah. it's crazy because when we were growing up, they didn't have it, all the X Games and all of that. The only thing that I remember is when they used to have them Bones Brigade tapes with oh, yeah. Tony Hawk and Lance Mountain and all of them. A lot of the you kids that I went to school yeah, with. You know what's up. No, I definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what's up, man. I remember. Yeah, no doubt. Well, um, oh, I was going to say, have you heard of a, a rapper named Navy Blue? He's from the East Coast. No, I haven't. So you should check him out. That fool is real dope. He's sort of in like the Rock Marciano lane. Okay. All right. But he's young and he is a dope skater dope so you should okay. peep him out man now i'm definitely gonna peep him out you know who my man is though who i'm feeling from from the la scene man it's locksmith bro bro that's my dude locksmith. dude he is an animal bro yeah he's he's on another level with his like you watch some of those like when he goes up to like sway in the morning or whatever and just does like these like them like black thought length like freestyles, just ten minutes long, just going, going, going in every bar is crazy, bro. Yo, nobody. I don't think, like, you ever see those shirts they have where you have a list of people? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yo, I had to put Black Thought on mine, bro. I think yeah. Black Thought is one of the illest MCs ever. I like, like, and nobody get, like, like. And I'm gonna give you an example, bro. And and Jay Z is one of my favorites, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't think it's a secret that Jay Z when he took Black Thought band. And never put him on a joint with him. There's a reason for that. I mean, come on, yo. He knows. He knows. He knows what's up. I know. Look, Hove. You know what I'm saying. His and, career and, and everything. Not whack. No, no. Hove, Hove is great. Hove is he's he's yeah. great. I think he. I, to me, his career. He has the greatest career in hip hop ever. I agree. He, he has the greatest. You can't take it away from. So if you're gonna say someone is the, I don't think there is a greatest ever. But you can't put a guy like Drake in that space. Just because he's hitting marks, because he's not writing his stuff, you know what I mean? And it's like mm-hmm. it's been confirmed, and mm-hmm. like that, there's a certain part of that that we got to take into account. Mm-hmm. But yo, man, Jay Z definitely didn't want to get on a joint with Black Thought. I'm sorry, I don't care what nobody's saying. I'm a huge Jay fan, man. I think but my, the way I look at it, though, for me, I, I'll get on a joint with anybody, and I hope they outshine me. I don't care. I'm gonna still try my hardest. Like. You know, I did a song with Chino Excel, and I literally say, wow. I literally say, say that in the verse. I'm like, like I hope he bodies me on my own song. Like, <laughs> ain't that why you get a guest spot? You trying yeah. to be hot, right? And I just went hard myself, you know. And I'm like, I'm not Chino, so I'm just be the best me and go for it. So if I had the opportunity, I 
damn, I would for sure get on a song with Black Thought. And I would go yeah. for mine, bro. Yeah, man. I mean, Chino, shout out to Chino. So that's, a, that's a Jersey boy right there. Shout oh, out man. to him. He's you know he, I mean? man. That dude, that was all Puerto Rico love, dude. I We used to, you know, kind of talk once in a while on Twitter or whatever. Mm. And I just hit him up, bro. I was like, what's up? You know, and I had a beat and it was like, I sampled um, Master Ace, uh, see that see that Puerto Rican, Latin Chico, Rico, Swap, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and Born to Roll. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and Roll. you know what's crazy? That was like the same. He had like a song called Jeep Ass Nigga. Yeah, he just changed the beat. He just changed the beat. I was like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> Matter of fact, I, I was trying to find the Born to Roll acapella to make this beat for this song. I wanted to sample the, you know, what he said. And I, I didn't even realize there was Jeep Ass Nigga. I was looking all around and I finally on the internet and then I found, oh, this song is the same song. And I got that acapella because the uh, there was no Born to Roll acapella. So yeah. finally I got the other one and I sampled it up, chopped it in. Yeah, now that beat that beat was insane, man. Yo, yo so so what 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 do we got coming up now, man? Because you know you you, you just dropped an album in 2019. Do you got yeah. any more material coming out soon? Or I, I do. You know, it's funny. Like, uh, you know, I said that was gonna be my last cookbook album, and in a way, it it may still be. You know, I may. I don't know. I mean, I'm still pretty comfortable calling myself cookbook, but it may just be a name change. I don't know. But I, I have been recording um, a lot. Like one of the one of my boys that I came up with, my man, Big Riff, he makes the illest beats, bro. He's so dope. Like any genre, like the trap stuff, he can kill it better than anybody. But like he comes from that. He's cut from the same cloth as we are. Yeah. So that that true stuff, he makes it like real dope too so he approached me he stopped making beats for a while and then he just started up again he goes hey i want to you know like get back in the game will you do a project with me no problem bro so we're about uh, i think eight nine songs deep into that project in the meantime this producer out of portland named sherbert he hit me up and he hit me up right i, I literally just had set some new goals for 2021 and changed my schedule around so that i could do music consistently four times a week right and yeah. dude hit me up right then. So like within two and a half weeks, he hit me with all these beats I've done already. Um, I'm about to record my sixth song on his beats tomorrow, actually. So I've been yeah. writing like a madman. So, you know, and I'm doing another project with my boy Flynn. And and uh, and I, I've i been working for a long time on a like a singing project where because I, I wrote a bunch of singing songs. So oh, that's awesome. Chis chiseling away at that. It's, you know, like real soulful stuff. And um that's always been sort of like a long term, like I'm a chip away at that, get that right. But the MC and I, I mean, I love it too much, you know. And I, bro, I, you an artist in its in, in its truest form, bro. It's yeah, it's refreshing it. to, yeah, to yeah. hear that, man. It's 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 refreshing. It's like you know, I always ask these little weird questions, you know, when I start wrapping the interview up. So I, I gotta ask a few ones, and I want to get back to something. But okay, all right, this is one crazy question. Don't laugh at me, yeah, <laughs> but. If aliens landed on this planet tomorrow and yes. you're the first human being that they encountered and they asked you, explain what hip hop is to me, what would be the three albums that you would pick? Woo. Nas Ilmatic first. Solid. Off the top. And I, I almost could just leave it at that. Like this and then everything else can you know, <laughs> the shape to that album. For me, for me. Then I would hand them De La Soul is Dead. Whoo! 
And then I would hand them, I mean, I want to say Midnight Marauders, but that's real close to De La Soul's Dead. So I might want to give them, so I know, I would hand them uh, To Whom It May Concern by Freestyle Fellowship. I'm not sure if you're on to them, but that's Yeah, no, I am. I am. That's West dope. Coast. Dope. And I, then I would give what it means to me. That's That was the perfect blend, I think. Bro, what, you know what? I got to, I got to give a shout out to LA, man. Like when, when New York went pop right before the South blew up, New York went pop after Big died and, you know, right. Hove took over and, you know, you know, the flossy rhymes. Cause Big kind of brought that in with Puff and the yeah, Mace and Jay. And then everybody was rich and everybody was a drug dealer. Yeah. The, the underground scene kind of disappeared in New York and LA took that mantra up and they've never Big given too. it away. LA has always held it down, man. From the Jurassic Five and all of them, and Murs mm-hmm. and ev- I mean everybody from out there, man. Yeah, you you guys like y'all I'm held not, it down. I'm fortunate to be around those dudes. Like I literally grew up with Murs. Like that was my homie when we were kids, basically. And like I'd be around Evidence. You know, I've done projects with these guys, Blue. Like I'm real fortunate. Like not only to come up when I came up, but where I came up, I just ended up being like- Right the, at the right the, place. Yeah, man. right place, you know? And, you know, we could talk about like um, the ups and downs and like maybe where I should have gone left and I went right or whatever. But bro, the the career I've been able to have and the people I've been able to be around and, and the t- music I've been able to do and just, uh, it's beautiful to me, bro. I love it. And, and that's why I, like, I still do it now because I just love it. And it literally, even, even this, I was just telling my wife this, like um, just changing the schedule and I'll get up in the morning and leave the house and go do music for like a couple hours before anybody's even awake. But I come home and you'd have thought I just like snorted Coke or something, bro. I just come yeah. ha- like hyped up, like, like on a high, right? Yeah. And it, and, and, and then it, it, it spills into my day where I'm like with yeah. the kids different, with my wife different, with the, whatever I got to face in the day different. Like it, it's literally like working out or doing music does the same thing for me, like the endorphins or whatever, because it it's not just in me. It is me. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I don't do it, then I'm not, I'm, I'm it's like you said, like, like uh, eating the right foods, you, you know, you get the right outcome from your body. It's like, if I put music in me and I create, I get, get what's supposed to be coming out of me. You know what I mean? That's how I feel about it. Yeah, man. It, it, it's, 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 it's beautiful to see somebody that's a real artist and that cares mm-hmm. and has a love for what they're doing. Because, yeah. you know, like, what we've come, and Dion, Dion Sanders said this, man. He said that we come in an era now where kids, the social media era, they don't love anything. He said they just like everything. Mm. They just hit that like button, they like it. Yeah. So if you don't love it, you're not willing to persevere through the tough times. You're not willing to persevere to get better. Mm. You know what I mean? And, yeah, I, and, and, and 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 it's I hope that that doesn't die with us. Nah, I, I mean, I don't think it will. I think everything goes in cycles. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and things come back around, you know, and, and there's always something bubbling under the surface. That we never think is going to happen, right? When you think about, I mean, as as many billions of people are on social media, the the ones with the loudest voices usually make it seem like that they're speaking for everybody. But in reality, a lot of those are just like a small percentage of what's going on. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. The, a lot of voices just don't get heard. Yeah. So I believe that, yeah, 
some of this garbage that where people don't care. And I agree, a lot of kids just like stuff and they don't love it. But there's enough people I still believe, like I said, I know people like my homies from um, from EOTR out here. Or like I know a lot of people that just really are like they're about this culture or they're about it and they love it and they work on their craft and they 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 care. They're gonna be there. Somebody's gonna be there to. to keep well, they gonna need the Jedi masters like y'all to, to show them the way, brother. I've been gonna... telling these kids, man. Whoever, you know, if they really wanna, you know, um, I mean, I made it a business, man. I, I've done so much, uh, um, consulting, you know, helping, helping like, yeah. cra like craft and shape people's careers, or even like campaigns for a new album or whatever. So, I, I you know, people pay me to do that, but I still. Even even though I get paid to do that, I also like people hit me up. If anybody wants to hit me up, like I'm always down, bro. Like, and I'll always talk to people and 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 you know whatever I can contribute, I'm always down, bro. So let you know. I appreciate, I, you know, I, I appreciate, man, hearing this, man, because I just I, I kind of got you know, and I hated to 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 totally nerd out on hip hop, nah, but you know what I'm really saying, bro. Like when I heard your stuff, man, and and I was listening to your podcast, man, it just put me in that space. You know what I mean? It, it put me back in that space because it's something that I've always loved, the music. No I've always loved hip hop. And it's it's yeah. it's it's our culture. That's our dominant, it's the dominant culture in the world, man. 100%, yeah. And 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 it's just I just wanted to get back to a place where it's cared for. You know what I mean? Well, dude, I'm gonna tell you, I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you saying everything you've been saying, bro, because you invited me on to the Wasted Talent podcast. And I was like, I don't know if I should be honored or should I feel like insulted I'm nah bro talent nah you're definitely not a wasted <laughs> talent bro you know the thing is with, with me bro that's more so about me you know yeah, what i'm saying I'm just about <laughs> yeah but, but you know what man i wanted to ask you too man if you can go back and talk to yourself when you were 23 years old Ooh. what would you tell that 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 young mc that young man i would say take advantage of the time right now like when I was 23, it was like the height of like the LA Symphony stuff. Stuff was going on. Like you don't have no responsibilities. You do music for a living. Write more songs. Don't worry. Even within the confines of LA Symphony, put out solo records. Go crazy. Music, music, music. Like don't like create, like brand yourself and create, um, uh, like a name for yourself, even within the confines of what you're in and find a way to do it. That's respectful to your brothers, but do it yeah. because I, I've always had all these great ideas and, and some like my mind, as I learned more and I read more books and stuff, I started getting all these great, like even marketing and business type ideas. And I would give them all to LA symphony, which was okay. But when LA symphony finished, like I was literally a brand new artist again. I never really like carved that niche out and the other thing i would tell myself is it don't stay home like go to the club go to every show even if you're not playing like go talk to to people because i remember early on i see like some dudes even from la symphony they would collab with like fools would ask them to collab i'd be like why are they asking them like i'm good yeah. like just on some ego stuff like i'm a dope rapper and that they should be asking the dope rappers or whatever like but I yeah, I feel you. It, it was and that's no disrespect to my my symphony brothers i'm simply saying a young arrogant mind thought that right yeah but the truth of the matter was it wasn't about the rhymes it was about the relationship and about they had sort of within the confines of the group created a name for themselves yeah 
that that and I would do that. I would do a lot of music solo. I would collab with a lot of people. Whoever wants to collab, I would do it. I would say yes to everything. <laughs> Just Push keep the button on everything. Yeah. What do you think kept you from doing that? Playing around, man. Being young, like yeah, we were writing songs. Don't get me wrong. I was writing a lot of songs, but everything became about LA Symphony. Like all everything was, and that's fine. But you know the the your upbringing probably yeah led the the loyalty and the loyal yeah yeah and nothing wrong with being loyal but you also have to be smart about it and remember it's music business not music friends and there's a way to do it that's respectful and everybody talks about it it's all on the table but I'm doing this as well as this and you know because some of us did do that and they ended up having much more successful careers than others of us and um. There's no shade on them. There's shade on me. It's kind of like yeah. me, like what you said about the waste of talent more reflects on you. That's how I feel about me. Like looking back, if you're asking me, that's what I'll tell myself. Like be straight up with everybody and go do it. Like, oh, you want to do an album with me? Cool. We do an LA Symphony album? Cool. But also I'm going to be writing these raps, making these beats, recording these songs as like I would go a thousand. I would turn it up to a thousand. That's crazy, man. And 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 now that you you're in the headspace and the mind space you're in, and you're creating, you know, have have you gotten back into the art scene? As far as like drawing and painting, yeah, comic and, books and things like that. Cause I heard you talking about that. Yeah. So um, it's funny. Like I I uh, really because of my kids. Yeah, because you know my kid, both of my kids are really artistic. They love drawing and creating stuff my six-year-old makes wild stuff out of paper and stuff well, i'm gonna make this just be like a look i made a giant it's just a three-foot paper thing. <laughs> he painting it and you know he wants to go in so because of that they they're always asking me to draw them stuff too so i was like all of a sudden i'm drawing all these like spongebob and whatever i'm like oh i still my you know my pen game strong but my my drawing pen game is still kind of there too so um in that respect yeah i've been drawing like especially with uh with COVID, when it, stuff was locked down, it was just me and the kids at the house. Man, we we were about to start a little YouTube channel. Just we would we were drawing, and I was drawing everything, Mickey Mouse, any. So we would draw superheroes too, because he would ask, they would ask me. So whatever they asked me to draw. So that's a long answer to say yes, but through through my kids, you know, through drawing. Yeah. With you never know what kind of talent's gonna come out through your children, bro. Well, I hope your wife yeah. got any t- if she got any kind of talent. <laughs> Watch oh, out, yeah. bro, because all yeah. of the talent you got, brother. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, my, my kids are special, bro. I love them. And, and they really, yeah, I mean, my, my older one is more the extrovert like me. Yeah. And, you know, he wants to act and he wants to do a lot of stuff like that. So I'm, I'm, I just, I watch him, I guide him, but I'm not going to push him. Like, you know, you just see what kind of rises to the top and then you support it. And then Yeah, that's what I try to do with my children it. as well, man. I, I don't want to be... Joe Jackson. You no, know what I'm no. I want to be Joe Jackson. It, it's know? a delicate balance, though, too, because um, some of what a Joe Jackson probably did, some, maybe very little, is what was needed to push certain. Directions. I would think a lot of it was. You know what I'm saying? It was a different era. We got the, to I, a point, you know, maybe we shouldn't beat them or, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 I, but I mean, like, I'm going to give an example, like with my children. My rule is, is that I support you on whatever endeavor you want right mm. but my one rule is is once you start you can't quit mm. yeah that's fair. L- like like if you say that you want to play the flute i'll get you a flute like my daughter's playing a violin i bought her a violin 
And then once it starts getting rough, you want to quit. Yeah. Can't quit. You have to at least finish out the year playing this violin. You know, and that that's yeah. that's pretty much, you know, how you know how I go about it with them. You know what I mean? And I'm not gonna allow you to quit on yourself or to give less than your hundred percent. But yeah. but if you tell me you don't love anymore, you want to try something different, then we, we good with that. But you yeah. can't quit just because it gets hard. And that, that's yeah, the only that's, thing I try to do, you know? I think that's good. I mean, th those are those are those type of things, bro. Like, but yeah, I mean, you know, they draw, they, you know, and my my son, my older son's starting to ask me about how to make beats and stuff. So we're gonna start making little beats. Oh, him, man. You, know? you go you go start your own Wu Tang up in there. Yeah, <laughs> come on, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Real real quick, man, before we get out of here, man. Yeah, where do you see your career as a creator? You know, because you got the two dope podcasts going, like excellent podcasts, right? Thank you, bro. Thank you. And and like, where do you see yourself in the next five to ten years, man? Going with all of this? Wow, that's a heavy question. Um, ten years, I don't know. That that's uh, we're getting kind of old. We might not be here in ten years, no. right? So <laughs> I think I will always be doing. I think I've resolved this, especially even lately, just how I've been feeling. I think I'm always going to be doing music in some capacity okay even, even if i don't put it out like maybe i'll get to the point where i'm just like an old man i just play my piano and it gives me joy and then i sing whatever and that's it maybe i'll end up in a like a little like lounge singer just singing old hits or something love like, on the rocks yeah yeah you know what i'm saying yeah exactly <laughs> it's not unusual to be <laughs> hey what happened cookbook my man is <laughs> you'd be up in there you'd be up in there with a with a bad tuxedo on oh, and all of that oh man but <laughs> seven o'clock shows the same as the nine o'clock show everybody try it. to view don't forget to tip your way to on the way out um but in the next five i, I really want to um i, I want to keep creating the content that i'm creating now and and keep getting better at it so for example if you take the podcast i want to really focus on not only making the podcast great, but also um, the other aspects that make it blow up, you know, because I think we have a lot of listeners, but I want to get to the point where it's, you know, ridiculous where I, like drink my champs goal is ridiculous, to, right? Exactly. My goal is, to, is I want to be able to pay my guys like, wow, bro, like yeah. we're making stacks off this. Cause I know if I pay them, that means what I'm making is something ridiculous it's insane yeah I, you know just monetizing things that i love is you know i've been able to do it to a degree but i'm saying like to be able to go to the next level like um and then music for me i'm at the point with music where like i'm gonna keep putting stuff out i'm gonna keep shooting videos and creating and there i always want my stuff to be successful i'm always gonna push it um and i'm always gonna find new ways to to get it out to the masses or get the word out or promote it um but I've sort of detached myself from that that need to blow up, that need to like, this yeah. has got to be my thing. You know what I mean? Like making money from other things. You know what yeah. I mean? So, but sometimes when you detach, magic happens greater than when you hold on to it. And like, this has got to be my one thing where I you know, blow up and whatever. So for me, music, like I just, I pour a lot into the craft. And when it's time to promote, I'm going to promote the hell out of it. But I'm yeah. also not going to, be how I used to be like stressed. Be consumed with it. Like, yeah, cause yeah, when yeah, you were yeah. younger, you were probably trying to compete with whoever was at the top of the charts. Yeah. So when you go into making a project, you're thinking like, okay, back in our day, yo, it's Jay-Z, Ludacris, this one, that one, Nelly, yeah. Eminem, I gotta, I gotta compete with them. This is what I'm yeah. trying to compete with. 
now you're just putting it out into the universe and trying right. to make it as successful as it can be. Right. And and I, like I said, from LA Symphony to me rebuilding with my solo career, I, I have I'm very fortunate to have like a really good fan base. So when I put stuff out, it does they come respond. Back to me. I do they I respond. Do get people listening and really into it and I make money and things are things are good, but but um letting go of the focus of like ah oh, making that my thing has I think you know it's like just I'm gonna just let it go and see what happens and, and make money how I make money and that energy gonna come back to yeah, you bro exactly. you don't gotta worry I, about yeah, it man. exactly and you know people are still into what I do so even if it's the money that I make now I'll be happy I'm cool you know that you know what and I'm gonna be honest with you bro I'm I I was just on your merch store so the next wasted talent you know, hopefully my T-shirt come fast. I'm had a Felipe's Garage T-shirt in full effect supporting. You know what I mean, bro? Yeah, that's Look, what's man. up, bro. I'll come on anytime, too. Let me know what's up, bro. Yo, man, listen, I, I I really appreciate you coming on today, man. It's been a pleasure, bro. And I hope that I did this some kind of justice, man, because oh, I'm great. listening to your stuff, man. And you just, nah. I'm a huge fan, bro. I appreciate Thank you, bro. brother. Thank, Thank you, man. man. God no bless, doubt, man. You and the fam, bro. Yes, sir, man. Until we until we speak again, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that's going to wrap on another episode of the Wasted Talent Podcast. You know, I fashion this as a podcast that was born, one of the million shitty podcasts that were born out of COVID-19. So we got to thank COVID-19 for my shitty podcast. Thank you, <laughs> thank you COVID. <laughs> All right, man. A, a cookbook, man. It's been a pleasure, brother. No doubt, man. Thanks for having me. All right.